All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 282 of the DFO Rundown, brought to you by Botano.ca. The game starts now, and man, so does the race for the trade deadline. We are eight days away from uh, next Friday's trade deadline. It kicked off yesterday with the uh, TANF deal. We'll get to uh, all of that, so... Uh, if you like the games and you, you like the trades, you like everything. Also, if you're a big NBA fan, uh, lots of great prop bets to be made at Botano.ca. As uh, Frank Saravalli uh, joins me, Jason Greger. And uh, Frank, uh, we'll get to the TANF trade in a second, but um want to talk about uh, big news on the West Coast. It looks like EP, Mr. Peterson, will be uh, staying in Vancouver. Yeah, this is a massive development for the Vancouver Canucks over the last 48 to 72 hours. There was so much talk and rumor and innuendo, so much idle speculation in a very combustible Vancouver market. And understandably so, given that, you know, more or less the centerpiece, the face of their franchise remained unsigned and was staring down uh, what would potentially be a really fascinating summer for one of the teams at the very top of the standings and certainly in the race for the president's trophy. So the development, which I reported on Wednesday is the Canucks and Pedersen's camp have made significant progress on what is believed to be an eight year deal. I, I don't want to speculate on the total dollars just yet. I think it's fair to say 
certainly approaching $100 million total. Um, but it's this is absolutely massive for the Canucks. Cannot say um, more as to what this means to this team and to be able to get something like that done, if they can get it across the finish line in the next couple of days, would give them potentially six, seven days before the deadline to really lock in their numbers and have a great idea of what their cap picture looks like moving forward, that they could potentially even add someone with term when it comes to the deadline. So what numbers are we looking at? Pasternak here? Are you going higher? What do you think? No, I think it starts with the 12. So So higher. Yeah, I don't know if it's 12.5 or 12.25 or 12.75 or whatever the number might be. I think it starts with a 12. Either way, it's going to be significant. And I think what's way more fascinating is eventually getting the details on how all this came together because there was a report report on Saturday that teams were calling the Canucks trying to gauge interest, and that just blew things up in Vancouver to the point where I'm told Pedersen went into the Canucks early this week and said, let's end all this nonsense. I want to get a deal done. I want to stay in Vancouver. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, if it gets the deal that he wants and uh, you're, you're, I'm assuming Frank, then uh, we're talking like eight year deal. Yes. Eight eight year deal. He, that was one of the hangups early on in the process and not for the Canucks. They were fine with whatever he wanted to do, whether it was four years, five years, 10, eight years, excuse me, the max, uh, they were on board with that. And it was just a matter of, getting him to come to the table. That was the part that had frustrated them the most was not his nonchalance. Cause I don't think he wasn't taking it seriously. It was more just, he was very comfortable in his own zone um, playing this year, then becoming an RFA and figuring it out from there. And they're sitting here going, this is arguably our best player. We've got other business to attend to that. We really can't fully complete until we know what his number is, we could ballpark it, but to have him sign pen to paper is a totally different story. And if, and when that happens, there's going to be a serious sigh of relief in that Vancouver Canucks front office. So you look, you know, he's making seven, three now. So it's about a $5 million raise, give or take. Uh, they, they have the, the 2.2 extra uh, next year from uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, who jumps up, as far as a uh, dead cap space. So they'll have to do some maneuvering, uh, even with the cap going up, that's an additional, uh, you know, 7.2 million from those two for next year for Canuck fans. Anybody who's wondering about the future of their cap. Yeah. But Philip Aronic is going to cost a lot. I, I believe that number still starts with an eight in front of it. Yeah. Well, Tyler Myers is 6 million that comes off the books. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if, if he's coming back at anything close to that. So they also have a four and a half million dollar increase. So, yeah, yeah, no, I the bulk that. of that would be going to Pedersen. Oh, yeah, Pedersen basically eats it up. So, yeah, no, they'll have to, they'll have to, like every team, you know what, uh, you'll have to move around some pieces for sure. You know, they've got, you know, Ian Cole, I think they really like. Will they pay him three mil next year? Remains to be seen. So, they, they've got some, some ways to maneuver around. Obviously, it doesn't impact this year at their deadline, but it does impact it in a sense that if you're trying to acquire guys with term, right? Yeah. And and that's the thing. I don't know how aggressive they're going to be, but they can't really 
go down the heroic path and get him locked up until they know officially what Pedersen is. And then you're looking at the rest of their situation. Like here's where things started to get dicey for the Canucks is if they go into the off season and he's not signed Pedersen, um, really what your, your deadline is, is the date to file for arbitration. Because if you don't get a deal done by then, and Pedersen files for arbitration and goes through with it, he forces you into a one-year deal. And then at that point, if you're the Canucks, there's almost no way you can have him enter next season on a one-year deal and then put yourself in a precarious position where you have to move him before the deadline or risk getting nothing for him in a year in which you're expected to be a contender again. So, I, I mean... I can't stress enough how had they gone through this regular season and not gotten him signed that if you thought an already bubbling situation would have been interesting, it would have flowed over, I think, in the summer and really turned the heat up. So, again, uh, huge, huge news for the Canucks. And, you know, the fact that this could get done in the next couple of days is pretty massive. All right, so uh, Vancouver fans will be happy. Uh, Dallas Stars fans, Frank, the uh, the Chris Tanev deal uh, goes to uh, Dallas. New Jersey helps out with a little bit of uh, salary retention. They give up a fourth for him. Uh, it's a young prospect and, and a second rounder. What do you make of the deal? What do you make of the return for for all three? And I guess, in a sense, we include uh, New Jersey. That, that's kind of the going rate to, to retain salary. So I don't even know if we need to talk about that. That's kind of the, yeah, I'll actually start with New Jersey. Cause I love the fact that they're involved. Uh, they had almost $10 million in LTIR space. That is user lose. And there's no way they'd be able to spend all of that at this deadline. So that being the case, why not get in the mix and grab yourself an extra fourth round pick that you could then, if you're making a, significant transaction next week. Hey, you just got yourself extra trade collateral next week to use, um, which is important. But from the Flames perspective, this ends up almost exactly where I projected it to be. I did a deep dive on Tanev earlier in the month of February on dailyfaceoff.com. I laid out three comparable trades. This falls right exactly in line with that. And you know, when you consider the market, and I'm going to pull up the um, the exact trade that I had mentioned, um, it was the Brett Kulak deal. A second round pick, a seventh round pick, and William Lagason. I mean, that was March 21st, 2022. You can go ahead and look at that and and just kind of set the uprights for Craig Conroy to kick through in terms of what to get in return. Now, Flames fans, I think, are upset. Oh, why can't we get a first-round pick for Chris Tanev? And my answer to that is, I mean, here are the defensemen that have been traded for a first-round pick in the last calendar year. Let me read them to you. Eric Carlson, Ivan Provorov, Jacob Chikrin, Dmitry Orlov, Philip Aronik, Vladislav Gavrikov, Matthias Ekholm, Rasmus Sandin, and Jake McCabe. Now, Sandin and McCabe are in different categories because uh, Sandin is 22, 12 years younger than Tanev, and certainly on the upswing in his career and is a first-round pick pedigree. 
And McCabe had multiple years left on his deal, and Chicago ate half to knock him down to two million bucks. So park those two guys on the side and tell me, does Chris Tanev fit in that category of caliber defenseman that I just named? Well, the, the one guy is to me is Gabrikov. I, I, you know what? I, I think they're kind of similar. You know, they're defensive-minded no guys, right? That, He's that seven probably, years older than Gabrikov. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. The age is the difference. But as far as skill set goes. I think no, I don't even think they're I, – I think in some ways as having a moniker of being physical defensive defenseman and that part not being true, I would argue that that's maybe the case. But the point being there's way more evidence to suggest that Tanev was on track always for a second-round pick. Now, the differentiator here in this case is that the Flames really like the prospect that they got back well, he's a second rounder from two. Yeah. Like I think when you look at the Kulak trade at the time, William Lagason was just thrown in as like a, he know, was the, to make the money work. Yes, exactly. So it's more than what they got for for Kulak for sure. Yeah. And so I would probably slot impact wise Tanev ahead of Kulak. If that, no, I agree. Sense. Yes. hundred percent. So, so you can understand why they ended up at this point. Artem Grushnikov. Um, he's a physical, nasty guy and maybe he will be something maybe he won't i think the scouts that i talked to trend him toward being a third pair guy but if that's what you get as an as a team an nhl third pair defenseman well you're pretty happy so you get a second potentially a third pair defenseman and then this conditional third round pick that they got is contingent on the stars advancing to the stanley cup final no pick transfers if the stars don't get to the final. And I look at that deal and I say, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a totally fair return. And then you think about the Dallas stars and you think about what a good fit it is. And you look at the stars and you say, okay, they didn't have to trade their first where they've been money drafting. Uh, so that part is great. You still because teams retained three quarters of Tanev's salary, you still can go out and add next week at another position if you want. And you didn't give up any of your top prospects. A total win for Jim Nill in that sense. So I like it from Calgary's perspective. I love it from Dallas's perspective. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious, Frank, to see if this is just a rental or you know if they look to resign. Because hey, I'll say like the one defenseman in Dallas that very few people talk about outside of Dallas is Thomas Harley, and he's a hell of a player, right? Like mm -hmm. you have Harley and Heiskanen in your top pair, Tanev and Lindell. You're throwing Suter and Hawk and Paw. Like one through six, Frank, I would put up Dallas's top six against any team in the league and say, okay, tell me, tell me who's better one through six. It's a totally fair question to ask. And I also think that there's some legitimacy to, or at least legitimate optimism to that conditional third round pick, because I picked the stars to win the Stanley cup before the season started. Not saying that's going to happen, but are the stars a real threat to get to the cup final win oh, three rounds? Course. I Yeah. 100%. Yeah. They're in a tough like that. It's well, the, the top three in, in both the Pacific and the, and the central, it's going to be an absolute you know, slugfest finishing first to me in both of those divisions is massively important. I agree. And I would say not knowing the complete view yet of what Colorado Vegas and Edmonton are going to do. I really like Dallas to advance and be the last team standing 
because I think that their game translates so well to the playoffs. Let's face it. Playoff style hockey is different. And that stars team has a heavy element to it while also being incredibly mobile that I think now Tanev adds a different element. They didn't have a shot blocker. They didn't have someone that eats pucks. They're 22nd in the league in block shots. Chris Tanev is second among all skaters. That's, that's a great addition. And the fact I like the fact that they have no strings attached. I know you mentioned re-signing. They didn't give up a ton. So if he walks, that's fine. And given the significant jump that we've seen from Harley, like I wouldn't, I know Tanev would slot lower probably in the lineup. I wouldn't want to have strings attached to Tanev. No, I, I I agree wholeheartedly. I don't, um, I I look at Tanev and, um, you know, I just look at their overall defense and he adds to their defense, but he doesn't, he's not the main key guy in their defense. He's, some would argue that maybe he's uh, three or four. So we'll see. Um, now, Frank, we got eight days left. Of course, uh, the Calgary Flame fans are still like, okay, what about Hannafin? Uh, what are you hearing? Where do you think he's going? And uh, the return for Hannafin is obviously going to be a little bit higher than the return for Tanner. It will be, but I don't know by how much. So I really want to caution Calgary Flames fans as to why that may be the case. Noah Hannafin's camp is holding the Calgary Flames hostage. What does that mean? Well, you would look at his contract on cap friendly and say, oh, well, Hannafin only has an eight team, no trade list. That means the Flames can send him to 23 other places. Why is this such an issue? And the answer is because any team that has been remotely interested that is on Hannafin's list of teams that he wouldn't re-sign with or is unlikely to re-sign with, all the Hannafin camp has to do is quietly whisper to them, we're not re-signing with you long-term. And that more or less scuttles a lot of the trade interest that might have been there. So then the next question is, well, who is on Noah Hannafin's list? I can tell you with 100% certainty that he's interested in potentially re-signing long-term with both of the teams in Florida, the Panthers and the Lightning. So it's not just the Lightning. It's not a one-shot deal. And then I believe three of the other teams on his list at the least include Boston, where he's from, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, just to be careful and caution everyone those last three teams are not confirmed so take that for what you will that's been the speculation behind the scenes but the point here jay is that the flames are dealing with a limited market and the worst part for the flames is that of those teams that are on hannafin's so-called list they have very few assets to trade Tampa, they don't have a first-round pick till 2026. Same thing with the Florida Panthers. The Boston Bruins have one in 2025, but I don't know how they make that work. And then do they actually need him with the emergence of Mason Lowry? Yeah. Fair question to ask. Now, I think LA could use another left-shot defenseman, but given their cap situation, are are they in a spot where they can pony up seven and a half million a year to Hannafin moving forward? 
Yeah, it's tight for sure. Right. Like, you, you know, you look at the Kings, like they could do it this year, probably, especially, you know, we'll get to it in a second on the Kempe situation, but um, yeah, like they don't, you know, like Matt Roy is, is $3 million. So I would, you know what, there's a chance maybe that, um, although he's a righty, but still, um, you know, if you bring in Hannafin, that maybe he goes out plus the, let me uh, tell you right now, they're going to miss Matt Roy when he's gone. Oh no, he's a good player. Yeah. He's trust. a good, solid defender. I, I think that I think they'd like to resign him, but I, I think Matt as a right defenseman, when there's such um, a need for right defenseman around the league, Frank, I think that's a guy, if he goes to market, would, would get a significant raise in what LA would probably Whoa. pay him if he wants to go. It, the Kings are an oddity in that they have too many right shot guys. Yeah. They, that's why they went out and got Gavrikov last year. Cause they needed left shot guys. Yeah. And so they're in an interesting kind of predicament where they need the opposite of what everyone else does, which is a nice problem to have in a way. Um, but mentioning the Kempe potential cap space and LTIR, that's a big one because I think the Kings are keeping really close tabs on the Devils and what happens with their playoff chase with regard to Tyler Toffoli. Yes. A reunion there if somehow the Devils completely fall out of the race over the next eight days and Tom Fitzgerald is forced to flip and, and sell then that could be really interesting. A lot of things need to line up to make that happen. But a, a team that I wouldn't count out, I know everyone's been thinking winger for the Golden Knights, and rightfully so with Mark Stone's injury. But I think Hannafin does make a lot of sense there. Now, they would, again, remain a really top-heavy team in terms of what they're paying their upper echelon players if they were to get Hannafin and keep him. But a reminder that Alec Martinez's 5 million bucks is coming off the books. Yeah. And Martinez has been serviceable this year. In fact, he's probably given the Golden Knights even more than they, they might've expected. They still have 5 million to play with. And that's a huge part of Hannafin's next deal. So that is a possibility and fitting in Hannafin this year wouldn't be a challenge given that his cap hit isn't very high and the flames could retain and you could always get a third party broker and the golden Knights might have a ton of cap space to play with, with stones injury. Yeah. Well, even if you look moving forward, Martinez 36, you know what the you, you replace him with Hannafin and Hannafin gets a raise and you have the cap going up. Um, they definitely would have the cap space next year um, if they wanted to do it. So, you know, and Vegas, yeah, the Jonathan Marsh is so the thing we know, Frank about Vegas is they've proven I think the one thing Vegas has done so far, it's a little bit better than some other teams that win Frank is they, they don't, they remove the emotion from keeping guys around that are important to their team. Use Riley Smith as an example, not that he's a bad player, but you're like, Hey, you know what? You you can't, if you look back and, and Chicago's talked about other teams have talked about it. You fall in love with your guys and you keep them longer than you should. It happens in hockey, like Bill Belichick. I know totally different sport, that's why they were successful. Uh, he didn't fall in love with the guys who helped him win. He was like, you know what? He removed it and said, okay, now this guy's older. Sorry, I got to bring somebody else in. And that's why they kept to be dominant for such a long time. Obviously, they had great players too. But right. you know, I think that's something in hockey that more teams have to be aware of. So you mentioned Smith. Important to point out that I'm told the Pittsburgh Penguins have received more interest and more teams interested in Smith 
than they have on Jake Gensel. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Now, in Vegas, they can't trade him back and have salary retention, right, to Vegas? Correct. They can get him, and I misspoke a couple pods ago. They This is exactly what happened with the Canes and the Flyers in trading back to Tony D'Angelo. They couldn't, because he was on their reserve list in the last calendar year, they cannot, therefore retain and send him back there. They can send Riley Smith back there in full, but it doesn't really solve Vegas's problem because then you've got Smith next year at 5 million and that's when they're going to have the issue. Yeah. So no, I I could see teams being interested, especially if Pittsburgh's going to retain some salary. You kidding me? Then he becomes a hugely valuable player. So, but the other part of that too, to keep in mind, I don't think it's totally out of the question that they reacquire Smith because they could always just do this summer after another good playoff run what they did last summer, which was dump him. They got a third back for him. So it's not like he's someone like they could trade something to Pittsburgh now and and get Smith for the playoffs and then trade him again in the summer and recoup half of that, essentially, whatever. Like I would be interested in doing that, given that you know you don't have to wonder, is this guy a fit here? Yes, he is. That's yeah, half the battle of trading at the deadline, right? Is yeah. Oh, I think I think sometimes people overlook the the you know the fit of knowing. Okay, if we bring this guy in, not only does how he fit in, but how does it impact our guys? Like, yeah, some everybody gets happy, but there's you don't want disgruntled players where all of a sudden you know what some guy's a key player and now he's not as key of a player, right? That's just the facts. <laughs> just a quick aside. Uh, last night I was going to sleep and. Um, I, you know, my wife is not a sports fan, not a hockey fan. And like just laying there and out of the clear blue sky, she goes, you know, that's really sad for players that get traded. You know, they, they were on a really good team and they now can no longer be part of it as they chase a Stanley cup. And I said, no, honey, that's the part of the deadline. That's interesting in the NHL is for the most part, teams almost never delete from their roster they're almost always trading futures and adding and that tanev trade is a great example yeah yeah well although hey ask tyson berry so it does happen sometimes right it does and you know what if the oilers are going to be active and they're going to be making trades in the next eight days which i'll be shocked if they won't they're going to have to say goodbye to some roster players even if it's further down the lineup they they don't have any cap space. Well, they they've, accru- they've accrued a couple. But what I'm saying is, let's say for instance, hypothetically, you wanted to recall Jack Campbell. I'm not sure why you would right now, but they'd have to waive players on their team in order to make that happen. They don't have the cap space to recall them. So they're gonna have to at some point if they're gonna go after a big fish. Yeah, they're gonna have to either trade someone from their roster or wave multiple players in order to make it happen. Oh yeah. No, I honestly, Frank, I, I think that's, that's a foregone conclusion in Edmonton there. There's a few, like the, they haven't been carrying a seventh defenseman just to accrue cap space. So they're adding a seventh defenseman for sure. Mark lock that in guaranteed. That's your, your lock between now and Friday might not be a big splashy player, but the orders will add a defenseman. Um, how many forwards they add, then that's the question, right? I think that's uh, whether, you know, would they get a top six forward? Are they looking at some saying, hey, maybe a third line center, you know, maybe a, a fourth line center? To me, they they need a little bit of size and physicality in their bottom six, uh, specifically on their fourth line. I don't think they can go into a long series 
I look at Vancouver, man, that Dakota Joshua on that line in Vancouver, and then you throw in Vegas's line. Uh, that that'll be uh that'll be a difficult challenge. Not the end of the world, difficult challenge. I think some people erroneously report that Vegas's top six crushed the orders. It really wasn't. It was Jack Eichel's line that uh, that murdered the orders in, in that series last year. So, but still, I think Edmonton needs a little bit more uh, truculence, Frank. It's a hockey term that people love to use. I do think that's something that, that they could use, uh, no question. And um, that means a few bodies going out. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Hey, it's a difficult time of year. You, you got to make difficult decisions. Totally. Now, uh, before I get to Tyler, two teams I want to talk about in the East, Frank, that uh, the Detroit Red Wings, I think we've kind of, I'm ready to put a stamp on the Red Wings as a playoff team. They got an eight point lead over uh, the the ninth place New Jersey Devils right now. No games in hand. Uh, They are rolling. Uh, I could see them adding something, not maybe massive, but I could see them adding something. But, uh, you know, Patrick Kane looks like a guy now who's the Patrick Kane we expect. He's healthy. He's got his legs underneath him. They look really good. And when I look at New Jersey and I look at Washington and I look at Pittsburgh and the Islanders, I'm like, none of these teams are going to make up eight points uh, in 23 games against the Red Wings the way they're playing. So I'm going to stamp the Red Wings in. So what do you think they do? And then what about the Flyers? Well, the Red Wings, I'd be surprised if they don't add. Um, And I don't want to be a smart ass, but it feels like you're a little late. You waited till the Wings went on a six game streak in order to officially declare them in. Well, nobody else. Well, were you declaring them two weeks ago? I don't think anybody was. They thought they were decent, but I'm saying like they're a lock to be a playoffs. They were in the contention all the time, but to me, they've separated themselves from the other guys in the race. Is what I'm saying. Okay, I think, there, I think there's one. Let me get you a hat, and we'll call you Captain Obvious. Now nine yeah. points up on the rest of the pack. No, eight. <laughs> but okay. Um, the the point are you telling me two weeks ago you were like oh Detroit's a lock no one thought they I were. think we talked about it on Daily Faceoff Live and we're like firm playoff team but yeah. I again I said I was being a smartass yeah. um yeah I think Steve Eiserman's going to be adding and the fun part about what you can consider the possibilities are why can't he go add someone that they could resign like why can't they be all over Jake Gensel. Oh, yeah, they have cap space. They easily could do it. Uh, I think that's the fun part. What about Noah Hannafin? I think their defense is seriously in need. Oh, God, yes. But I don't... Here's but you didn't have Detroit on Hannafin's list. I No, and I don't know where Detroit stands with Hannafin, and I don't know where New Jersey stands with Hannafin, because I think... New Jersey was another team that had expressed interest. But when I think stylistically about Hannafin and the Red Wings, I think of more of the same. He reminds me of what they already have. Hmm. So I don't yeah. I don't know. But I, all I'm saying is be prepared for a Steve Eiserman wild card over the next eight days. Yeah. Well, the big, the big off season in, in Detroit is going to be what's most siders contract going to look like. That's the, uh, that's the big story there for sure. He's obviously getting a significant raise. Just, you know, uh, what's his number going to be on an eight year deal? I think that's going to be the question uh, in Detroit. He's, he's obviously their cornerstone defenseman and is going to be getting a, a significant raise. No question about it. What was the other team you asked me about? The uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. And, you know, okay. there's been so much talk about Sealer and Walker. And now they are five points up on New Jersey. And now they said a few weeks ago, Frank, multiple times that we might have to make tough decisions and uh, still think about the future. 
Are you expecting them to move guys out? Or do you think that has cooled down a bit as we're closer now and they're still five points up? No, I'm expecting them to move guys out. And Walker and Sealer have both shot up my new trade targets board, which is available now on dailyfaceoff.com. And the reason for that is the Flyers have engaged in substantive contract extension talks with both players. And right now, subject to change, they both they feel like for both players, the ask has been rich. And with Walker specifically, I believe the ask is approaching four years times five million a year. And while I understand it from both players' perspectives, you've had good years. Walker, you know, Sealer especially, this is the biggest contract of his life, and it's not even going to be close. But Walker also wants to cash in. Um, but I think if you're the Flyers, and and I, I don't have firm, firm numbers on Sealer, but I think it's closer to like four times four or four times three and a half or three times three and a half. Like it's it's certainly a humongous raise off of what he's earning now. And I get it. I, again, I get the ask, but I think the Flyers are a bit scared off at this moment in time. And if you go back and then add some perspective in here on both players, one year ago, Walker was a cap casualty a right shot guy. We just talked about LA that they had too many. He was a healthy scratch in the playoffs. They dumped him to the flyers. So the flyers got him for nothing. Did, did I miss, did you say 5 million a year for Walker is what he's yes. looking for? Yes. There's no chance. Well, I shouldn't say no chance. There's always a chance someone would do it, but why is there no chance? Why wouldn't someone he has take 20, that? Like he has 22 points. Like what, what is he that's suddenly is a $5 million defenseman. Like, I don't know. He's played 19 minutes and 30 seconds a night. He's got 22 points. He skates really well. And he's a right shot. Like, tell me, like, we just talked about this with Matt Roy about how thin this free agent market might be this summer. Roy's going to earn a bump up to that category. Walker is certainly going to be four plus. I don't know if he gets to five, but it all day long, it starts with a four. Yeah. And I, my point is, if you're the Flyers, why would you want to be locked into that for either player? Well, so, I, so Walker was a bonus. You got him for free. Yeah. Instead of getting tangled up in the idea of because we're a playoff team, we need to keep these guys, I still think it's way more likely than not that the Flyers drop off next season instead of stay in the playoff chase. Yeah. So... You should be sticking to the long-term view, which I think the Flyers are anyway. John Tortorella's teased it. They got to make tough decisions. The tough part for the Flyers is that Jamie Drysdale and Rasmus Ristolainen are out. And if you trade Walker and Sealer, you've absolutely cut the legs off your defense core. Yeah, you're done. Just unfortunate timing for the Flyers. Which is why another reason why I think the Devils are going to continue to try and add instead of sell is that's really the team that they're chasing. With all due respect to the Lightning and Red Wings, not that they can't catch them. It's just that the Flyers have the potential to drop like a rock and the Devils could slide into that third spot in the Metro. 
Well, yeah, I think the Devils are looking at the schedule and looking who the Flyers play. And maybe they're waiting, Frank. If the Flyers sell off, the Devils are like, we're not trading to Foley because we think we can catch him now uh, even easier. So, but yeah, man, I'm going to watch the Sean Mark. He gets $5 million, Frank. Like, I'm not going to make a, your Remchuk claim here. I was going to say, can we do, can we, uh, can we no. bet a dinner on this? Oh, God, like five million bucks. <laughs> yeah, we'll bet a dinner at the draft if, if he gets five. Well, and I guess it have to be after the draft, but five million bucks a year, I'd be blown away. A team that's that's instant buyer's remorse. I'll say it right now. Five million bucks. Well, but, no he, but here's the point is if you're Walker's camp, right? You're sitting here going, I get what he wants, but why would I forgo the market? I played the year and, and oh, risked sure. all of it. I might as well. I, the, the worst thing I can do is check back in with the flyers in June and circle back to whatever they're willing to pay. But I, I, I would go to market for sure. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm just saying, shoot you know, for the I, moon, bud. Yeah. You go, you go, you go for the moon, but honestly, I, I think if, if, if their ass starts with a five, I just, I'd be, uh, I'd be stunned if that happens. That's all I'm saying. Um, I think that would be one where a team would be like, oof, that's not, uh, that's not great, but we'll see. Let's uh, bring in uh, Tyler, your rem check now. Ty, how you doing? Well, I just, I just wanted to add on Sealer again, before we bring in Tyler, that he, it, it was another ask that I think the Flyers were uncomfortable with. And the market, it won't be as strong for Sealer in terms of a return. And so therefore they could keep him. But I, you know, I think it's more likely than not right at this exact moment in time that both end up going. But if one were to stay, I, I would project it would be Sealer. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ty, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to go. I was chomping at the bit there. I was all fired up. My lights were on. And Frank was like, whoa, I got to take on Sealer. I had to hold back. Anyways, uh, buy or sell today is delivered by DoorDash. 25% off and zero delivery fees for our Canadian listeners on their first order. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. 
I have a great DoorDash testimonial. This is the kind of customer service you get with DoorDash. A couple weekends ago, I was a little intoxicated, granted, trying to order my midnight Wendy's, and something got messed up with the order. My food never showed up. What does DoorDash do the next day? They email me. They say, hey, don't worry about it. 40% off your next order. Fantastic stuff from our friends at DoorDash. Download the app. Use the promo code. Uh, Let's get into... You you strayed away from your drunken veggie crisp? Yeah, I did. It was uh, was a late night, and I was like, "Ah, I don't think the veggies are going to cut it tonight. I need some meaty. So just for everyone listening, if you don't remember, Tyler, his, his crutch, I would call it a very healthy habit, in fact, when he comes home from the bar after a full night, the first thing he does is breaks out a pack of frozen veggies from the freezer and he throws them in a frying pan with a load of butter and crisps them up. It's great. It's uh, 10 out of 10. And now there's like enough people who are in on kind of the bit. So whenever I have a night out, I like just throwing up a blurry picture of my veggies on my Instagram story. And people are like, oh, you're M-Drugs in one. It's funny. I think it's important to point out, though, what kind of veggies like do you have peas in there? No, it's uh, yeah, there is. It's like the little cubed ones. So there are there are peas yeah. and then some corn, carrots. And uh, I think there's so beans in there as well. Vegetable medley. Mm-hmm. String beans. Yeah. Oof. It's good, Frank. It's good. Peas, living. Though, you lose me at the peas. I'm not uh, not a big pea guy. I would do just peas. Anyways, OK, we got to get to the hockey talk here. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, Frank, we started the show with it. Elias Pettersson in that extension. You said it gives the Canucks some certainty heading into the deadline. I'm going to say the Canucks make one more big ad ahead of this year's trade deadline. Buying or selling, Frank? What counts as big? That's my question. Top six forward, top four D. I will sell. I think they add, but I think it's going to be on the margins. All right. Greg's. Man, they've been the busiest team uh, this year. No question. They have been the, uh, they kept the trade winds blowing for a long time, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they need at the top anymore. I, I think they more, uh, you know, add little pieces here. I, I think they should, I think they should be pretty happy with the, with their core pieces going in. Yeah, that's another it's another point too. maybe a little bit less pressure to win this year if you have Pedersen extended and know things won't go haywire in the summer. Uh, let's go with this one here. Jake Gensel is now going to keep inching up the trade targets board, I'm sure, with Tanev off it. I'm going to say Jake Gensel ends up in the Western Conference after deadline day. Buy or sell, Greg's. What's more likely? Ooh. Weigh the options. That's a good question. Um... Uh, yeah, I look at teams with cap space and then teams that, that fit for, for Gensel. And, um, you know, it's not surprising to me when Frank talks about uh, Riley Smith, especially if the pens are going to retain that, uh, you know, there's more interest in him because it's going to be a lot lower of a cap hit. Um, I, I wonder how much teams are leery about his injury. That's the thing that I'm, you know, I'm concerned with. Like, obviously I would assume you get doctors talking to doctors. So um, I will say, Toronto, no. Boston, like looking at the teams. Yeah, I think the odds are higher. So yeah, I will buy that he uh, that he ends up in the West. Frank, speculation, and I again not confirm, but I, the belief is the injury is a broken finger. So okay. not, no, I, not. I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. Uh, buy or sell that he ends up in the West. So I'm game planning or gaming the options. That leaves you like Carolina is the one team in the East that, that makes the most sense. No, they're not the one team. I mentioned Detroit. Yeah. And then what about, I can't count out the New York Rangers. 
The Rangers have an opening on the wing. Gensel can play the right side. Yeah. They've been aggressive. I would say that I... So, outside of Vegas, I think you can take Dallas out. When I'm thinking about the other teams in the West, I think you can take the Oilers out. Vancouver? I think with Pedersen re-signing, you can take Vancouver out. Yeah. Take out Winnipeg. I don't see like Colorado's the one that makes the most sense to me. Like Colorado is interesting. I'm the only team I'm what about the Kings? Kings are well, can't pay for the Kings and Stone for Vegas. That puts both of those guys, I, I think, potentially. In the yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kempe for Gensel is almost an exact swap of money. Yeah. If Kempe were to go LTIR, he's at 5'5", five, five, Gensel's at 6. So, whew, so we got LA, Colorado, and Vegas on one side. We've got Carolina, Detroit, and New York on the other. I will... Buy Vegas likes the shiny toy. I will say if I had to pick a destination, I will say Gensel Vegas. All right. Oh man. I, when you said the Rangers though, there was a part of me, the kind of chaos I live for. Can you imagine the Rangers in the top seed and the penguins sneak into the eight seed with Gensel on the Rangers in round one of the playoffs? That'd be great. Could happen with Dallas and Tanev as well. If Calgary sneaks in, I was just going to say, if you want to talk chaos, Let's talk about the Calgary Flames potentially trying to kill their own conditional third round pick by going toe to toe with the Dallas Stars in round one if they sneak in after trading all these guys on the back of Jacob Markstrom. Oh, that'd be great. That would be chaos. Uh, Last one I got for you guys. I was on the Jason Greger show yesterday and we were talking about the Washington Capitals is like maybe a one stop shop for a team like the Oilers, and then you kind of go look at their cap friendly and you're like, I could see them moving this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. Like, there's a lot of options there. I'm going to set the number at three and a half. The Capitals move off three and a half players from their roster. Frank, would you go over or under on that number? Under. So I'm going to go Nick Dowd, one. Anthony Mantha, two. And... Oh, man. I'll go Joel Edmondson three, but let me give you my wild card. Mm. And it's Max Pacioretty. Now, Pacioretty has, he's the only player in Caps franchise history other than Alex Ovechkin that has a full no move clause. So he holds all the cards. But I think if the caps are out and there's one team in particular, I think he's really intrigued by it's the Florida Panthers. And if Florida who is limited assets could get in the mix and get Pacioretty and the caps to retain half to knock him down to 1 million bucks, it's been a bit slow going for Pacioretty, but he scored playoff goals in back-to-back games. And I think if he gets into a rhythm and a flow, 
man, he could be a really interesting and dynamic piece to add to a team as a goal scoring threat. So I think it's almost a stone cold mortal lock that Joel Edmondson will be traded. Someone somewhere is going to give some mid to late round pick for Edmondson as depth. That's one. Two. Who did I say was two? Dowd. You had Dowd. You had Dowd one. You had Mantha. Oh, Mantha. Someone will take Mantha too, based on the season he's had, even though I the the commentary on Mantha from managers is like legitimately fascinating. Like way more than one team thinks that Mantha's a dog. So that's Wait, someone will dog take in a dog. good way or bad way? Like he a dog or like dog he's a, a dog? No, no, dog in a bad way. Ah, damn. Yeah. But then Dowd's, Dowd's another wild card. Like they could just as easily keep him, but with his value being so high, I would expect he moves. So you know what? In a round, very roundabout way, I'm going to take the over. <laughs> now you're, oh, you're on the over now. Yeah. You just talked yourself. <laughs> oh, that was a long answer. Jane. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, but I want everyone to understand how I get there. And I want to, I want to share the tidbits <laughs> that yeah. is what's interesting to, to fans. That's yeah. why I say it. <laughs> I don't talk. I don't do it just to talk. Believe me, I'm sick of myself. <laughs> Greg's you uh, over um, under three and a half. I think the, yeah, I think the one guy you're missing there, I think Beck Malenstein will have a lot of uh, interest for a lot of teams. If you look at his numbers and defensive zone starts, he makes below league minimum at 762.5. So he's as low as you can get as far as a, a trade prospect. He's physical. He skates well. He's their leading penalty killer in minutes. So if you acquire a bottom six guy, you love to acquire a bottom six guy who can stay in the game by killing penalties. Um, I think teams are, would be foolish not to look at him. Um, if they're just looking to augment, I don't think it's going to cost you very much. Uh, I think it would be a really good cheap addition uh, to your team. And uh, we see the importance of, you know, big physical penalty killers who can skate at times. So I, I think it's over for sure. I'm curious if they have a trade that involves two, because you could see a team saying, Hey, we want the defenseman and we want Dowd, or we want the Dowd and his line mate. You know, I wrote about it three weeks ago, Malenstein and, and Nick Dowd. I, uh, you know, the, the Toronto trade last year when they had Riley and then they threw in like threw in Nolachari, it's a good player, right? But it, it convinces you, hey, we give up a first, but we're getting a second body. And that so, could be mounting. He's an RFA, so he's not gonna have huge numbers. You know, it's not like he's going to arbitration and you're gonna worry about that. So um, I like him a lot. I I would take over for sure in Washington. And I think if some of the GMs, I can understand why they think Matha, but man, I talked to a lot of people in Washington. And really, his new coach has just kind of reopened him. He's given him opportunities. And I think that's the key. Uh, you know, you play him. And the big news is the guy scores five on five. He's not, he's, it's all five on five goals. Like you look at Edmonton, for instance, who needs a top six guy. He has five more five on five goals than all the guys tied for second McDavid, Drysell, and Kane. That's okay. I'm just going to read you a text that I got on Mantha from a GM yesterday. Okay. <laughs> Mantha is more likely to be a healthy scratch in the playoffs than an impact player. Yeah. I don't know if I buy that. People love hyperbole. I know. It's fun. I'm just telling you yeah. that there's a very varied opinion. Oh, yeah. Again, they no, couldn't fair. give him away for free in the summer. So it's, oh. it can't be that far off. No, well, but the, like I said, hey, guy, this was a really good player. And then, you know what? Didn't get to play very much in two years. And, you talked to a lot of players around the league. You know what you get, if you're in a bad relationship with your coach, it can screw with you. And, you know, 
I think uh, the head coach in Washington should get more credit than he is. Like, look at the Capitals. They're still in it, Frank. Well, that's what I was just going to say. It's for the longest answer in buy or sell history. We're declaring, uh, you said for sure in the over. And I'm like, all, all I can tell you is the Caps really haven't engaged with a lot of teams yet because they're only six points out with two games in hand. And yeah. again, they're chasing the Flyers, not the Lightning, not the Red yes. Wings. Yeah. They're not well, out of do it. it. And but I don't Spen- think it's a guarantee. Spencer Carberry, um, he won't win it, but he should get some votes for the coach of the year. I think what he's done in Washington is fantastic. <laughs> Agree. And I would say if Rick Tockett doesn't win coach of the year, they should just never hand out the award again. <laughs> just FYI. Fair enough. All right, gentlemen, that is a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell, as always, delivered by DoorDash. Uh, you know what? The, that third place race in the uh, in the Metro is really potentially maybe Frank holding it up because I'll tell you, I still wonder where Pittsburgh views themselves too. They got all these games in hand. They had that huge come from behind win in Vancouver. I think we might see teams just wait until Thursday as much as they can to see. I'm not saying it's the right decision, but I could see that. I would, I, for months I was saying the Penguins and I, now you can include the caps in that category should give their team every ounce of runway, every inch of runway possible to, before making the decision. Why, why not? Oh, a hundred percent. Don't, don't trick yourself. Like, don't, I, I don't, I don't know what the caps long view is here. Maybe there's a way you can have both at the same time. Like, let me give you an example on Dowd. They've been without him since uh, February 20th. Yeah. He's going to return tomorrow. I hear. Yeah. But my point is they've still won without him. If you traded Nick Dowd, and kept some others, is there a way to have the best of both worlds? Well, I I think this week, Frank, will tell it. Washington plays Philly tomorrow night, right? That's a huge game. Uh, Then they have Arizona, and they actually play Pittsburgh next Thursday before the trade deadline. So I can see Washington waiting, giving themselves, you know, they'd have a bit. Those head-to-head matchups, those are crucial. What if you win both against the Flyers and the Penguins? Then you're probably not. You're then Tyler's probably hitting the under and we don't ever root for unders here. No, no, no. I hate the under. So it's, uh, you know, that that's why I won't be surprised if we see teams waiting to just, you know, in some of them, some cases, no, right. Like Dallas, obviously. And, you know, I think Calgary made the wise decision that, um, you know, that they're going to hope that maybe they stay in it. They're probably obviously going to move Hannafin. Um, uh, quickly one last one on them. We got a few minutes. Uh, do you think there's any chance Markstrom goes? I think a really small chance. I think the way I view the market is to me, the only team is New Jersey. And I I think it's entirely pot. I mean, obviously the flames and devils are still talking. They just work together on the Tanev deal. It's entirely possible that this gets rekindled, but I would say outside of that, I don't, I don't see another team and I'll take it a step further. I think the flames are in the ultimate position of power. Get a great return on Markstrom. Fine. But if not, we just talked about miraculous playoff runs. The flames after trading five unrestricted free agents could go on one, but more than that, think about this summer and the, the free agent market. 
The premier goalie available this summer, as of right now, I think I have to double check my notes, but I think it's Capo Kakinen. Hmm. I mean, the Flames will have the best goalie available this summer in Markstrom. I don't, there's no reason to absolutely have to make a trade right now. You could have five more teams in the mix this summer that are looking to change things up in net and Markstrom be their guy. They could properly reallocate their salary cap money. There's lots of things going on that I would say the better market for Markstrom will be in the summer. But if New Jersey wants to come along and knock your socks off, what's wrong with that? Frank, have a great weekend. Uh, remember, uh, did you make it to uh, Thursday? Or the, uh, uh, yes, I did. I just want to let you know that uh, you're still I, in. I have a chance. Woo. I got to get through day three, but the first two days I'm clear. I am one of 130 people remaining in the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. And if you want to ride with me, I'm going with Charlie Coyle to get a point on Thursday night. One measly point. He's done it in 36 of his 60 games this season. I looked it up. I'm doing my homework because I want to win one week in this goddamn pool. The dailyfaceoff.com Wendy Survivor Pool. I I, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of. I want to win. Oh god, that's all. Yeah, you don't want to get shut out, right? So hey, so and I, I've been a grouch, oh my god, what? Prick today. I just realized what we should have done a long time ago, and I can't believe it. We should have had what happens first. Frank wins a week of Wendy's or Connor Brown scores a goal. Damn it. We should have done it. Oof, that would have been oh, a great. I'm bet. liking my chances right now. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. All right. Well, yeah, that's true. Cause Hey, McAvoy plays tonight before Brown plays Saturday. So there you go. How about, uh, it was funny though. People were making the joke as Connor McDavid kept piling up assist. First off calling him McApples, but they were like, is he trying to mirror the other Connor here? What's going on? Why is he only getting assists? Yeah, well, it is funny how people thought it was that bad. I'm like, see how many points the guy has in his yeah. last uh, uh, 11 games without a goal? Like, it's ridiculous. I so, love that uh, he did. You know, he is finding a little humor in all of this. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I've decided I'm going to shoot less. Uh, he did get a chuckle when I told him the Oilers all time record for consecutive assists without a goal was 36 grand fear. So 30, well, that's spanning multiple seasons, though. Yeah, yeah. Still, though, he had 14 apples one year. Did he really? Yeah. Oh <laughs> that's what blew me apples. away. 14 assists as a goalie. That's, that's, that's a good funny. year for a defenseman. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Huh? McDavid didn't believe me when I told him that. I had to show him. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, different time, man. Now, some of those assists were probably stepping outside the net. Paul Coffey. Touching picks the puck. Yeah, exactly. But still, 14 apples. There's no pictures on the score sheet. So there mm. you go. Different time. Different time. Frank, have a great weekend. Uh, we'll see what happens on Monday when we're into the final week to the trade deadline. Two more pods until the deadline. Let's go. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.